Adrian, I have a question for you. Well, actually, I have a few questions. Yeah, what's up, man? But we've been reviewing things a little bit too positively. We rated, you know, Last of Us Episode 3 on HBO. We rated it a 10 out of 10 as an example. We did. And we've been rating a lot of things like in the high nines out of 10. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just because it's a, it's a consequence of us watching good movies and TV shows lately. But I want to set the record straight. We do rate things badly sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so I want to ask you, what do you rate Venom to? The Venom Let There Be Carnage by Andy Serkis. More like Venom Poo. I mean, they put the, the two in the two out of five. Oh. Yeah. Whoa, that's that's my rating. Two out of five. Oh! So that's a four out of ten. Nice, okay. What's next? Shoot some more at me. Okay, what do you rate uh, director David Cronenberg's Crimes of the Future? Arguably not that bad of a movie, according to Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, 0.5 out of five. Whoa! Yeah, I really hated that movie. Whoa, okay. I rated it a two and a half out of five. The only crime in that movie is that I have to sit through it all. Yeah. All right. So three out of ten okay. on that one. And lastly, Adrian, Rise of Skywalker, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker, directed by J.J. Abrams. What do you rate that guy? Zero. Zero? Just a zero. You can't even do zero. One. The lowest is 0 0.5. 0 0.5 again, then. <laughs> Mine's 0 0.5. Oh! That's a one out of ten. Boo. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not a good movie. Not a good movie. Speaking of bad movies, this week we'll review director James Cameron's Avatar The Way of Water, as well as the awesome HBO's The Last of Us Episode 5. We also discuss AMC Theater's new theater seat pricing plans. While we get super hyped on all those blockbuster movie trailers that premiered at this year's Super Bowl. This is Split Focus, a film and TV podcast, episode 105. <laughs> Hello there! My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have my co-host and reality TV series connoisseur, Adrian Pinter. How does it go, sir? How does it go? General Kenobi, it goes quite well, Simon Eady. How are you, man? I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. We're recording this midday for a change. We always record this in the wee hours of the night, but now... Mm-hmm. We have a little bit of time off in the middle of the middle of a day, in the middle of a Monday, and we're, mm -hmm. we're recording it now. So yeah, I'm feeling good, man. I woke up about an hour ago. Oh, had a nice uh, shower in the morning. Had a delicious egg and cheese sandwich on some rye bread. Wow, rye bread, mm -hmm. fancy, super fancy. And then uh, yeah, fed fed the, the 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 children. Let them run in the backyard. Prior to uh, recording, they're still running back there. The human children. The human children, yeah. Yeah, I just leave them in the backyard, lock them outside. So, uh, How many human children do you have? Two. And then the one stays inside. But the the two human children that are outside are actually dogs, and then the one human children on the inside is, an, is a cat. Yes, the one human children on the inside. Yes. Mm -hmm. Wait, don't you have two cats? No, I only have one cat. Oh. And then two... I have two dogs. So... I, I I like I was babysitting my sister's other cat as well, Lucy. Yeah. But Lucy ain't here. Lucy's back with my sister. I have Pesci now, who is now my child, adopted. Oh, that's your cat. I didn't know that. I thought that was your sister's cat as well. Well, Pesci's mine now. That's Pesci, by the way, for the audience that listens to this podcast, is the bell that rings every episode. Mm -hmm. You hear the little jingle jangle. You can hear like little little jingle jangle. That's Pesci. So if you hear jingle jangling, mm -hmm. that's Adrian uh 
Just, you know. My child, my adopted son. Not being careful with the background noise. Adrian didn't yell out quiet on the set, basically. Yeah, I didn't. No, no. Um, but yeah, Pesci's adorable. He's he's my little adopted son. He's I love his temperament. He's just so cuddly and kind mm. and sleepy. And he loves human food. Yesterday, I heated up some Tostitos in the oven because they were like a little stale. You ever like have like stale chips and then you just toss it in the oven? For a bit to unstale them. No, I've never heard of that trick. You should do that. Does it work very well though? It does for like Tostitos and stuff. Okay. Like uh, like tortilla chips. I don't do it for regular chips. But um, so like I did that and then I was like, you know, chowing that down with my chili with my girlfriend. And then Pesci just walks on over and just dives into the bowl of freaking tortilla chips. Oh, they're going to say chili. No, no, no. I, I was holding the chili bowl. But the tortilla bowl was on the table. And then Pesci just walks over and then grabs a tortilla chip. And I was like, no, you can't have this. And then he just kept on for the, for like the next 10 minutes while while uh, me and my lover uh, were eating. Pesci just kept on trying to get into the, the thing of tortilla chips. So I was like, all right, whatever. We finished eating and I set the tortilla chips aside. Like three minutes later, I just hear crunching in the background. And I look back hmm. and Pesci got into the tortilla chips again, Simon. Unbelievable. Pesci, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Pesci also featured in uh, some of our reviews. It's true. Actually, our, our little shorts on uh, on YouTube and TikTok. That is true. And the Instagram. So you can find us at jar underscore split focus. Just another review. Underscore split focus. Jar. Jar. That's what jar stands for. Most recently featured in... Which one was Pesci in? The Last of Us episode three. three. Yes. yes. Right. Yeah. And then he was also in the Puss in Boots one. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh... Yeah, it's all it's all good there. But anyway, Sam, Simon, uh, to jump into the some news, some quick bites, some quibbies, some watcha watcha quibby. Did you hear that ANSI Theaters, the uh, theater chain over in the United States of America, they're doing like a, almost like a pilot run of essentially charging for better seats in the movie theater, similar to like concerts and like sporting events and stuff like that, where you know, better seats are more costly. AMC Theaters is, is doing this, and they they started this in just a few select locations, New York City, Chicago, and Kansas City, but they're planning on expanding it to all the AMC location, locations in the United States of America by the end of the year. Yes. Have you heard about this, and what do you feel about this? I sure have heard about it, Adrian. And what I feel about it is reading into it a little bit, I realized that it's not necessarily a bad thing mm. initially i was like hmm this is probably a bad thing but the reason i think that it's probably an okay thing is that it kind of it well the problem is corporations be corporations but mm -hmm. it, it, aside from that aspect they did say that the, the the bad seats like the front seats and the you know the front row of your local theater mm -hmm. those seats are terrible they're supposed to be lower price point theoretically to in this yeah. kind of pilot program and then the nicer you know seats that are right in the center of the the projector screen, mm -hmm. they're going to be more expensive. It's all a question of what the average price is. And I feel like if the average price is the price we're already paying, then I'm not, I don't care too much about that. Mm. I just feel like the problem with this is corporations be corporations and they probably want to make more money. I'm wondering if they're using this as a way to position it as something that will attract more audience, more patrons to the theater, because that's awesome. That part would be great if they can do that, because then it would encourage the theater to be more full. And I think that might be their strategy. But again, mm -hmm. because the strategy might just be to make more money, who knows? The, the thing is, is that, you know, theater attendance must be down since the pandemic. 
And so I'd imagine that they want to find strategies to pull people in rather than alienate alienate or, or just charge more. And so mm. this could be a good thing. The one thing I'll say about this as well is the example given on the Hollywood Reporter article about this very topic is um, 80 for Brady, that new movie that came out about Tom Brady and old lady, um, a bunch of 80 year old ladies. Yeah. <laughs> old ladies going to the going to meet Tom Brady or something like that. Was that the plot? I don't remember. Something like that. Yeah. 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 So anyways, that movie apparently in Cineplex and in AMC was discounted because they were trying to attract seniors to come to the theaters because they realized that maybe their prices mm. are too high. So they actually lowered the price in some places. I think it was like even half off. So they, and I think in in, uh, in Canada at Cineplex, there was, it was, I think it was Tuesday pricing, like our, our, our cheap night pricing oh, okay. for that movie all week long. So they tried to pull people in. Again, they're just trying to drum up hype for the theater. Anyway, uh, Elijah Wood, actor Elijah Wood, didn't love this AMC plan. and uh, Yeah, he said something along the lines of like, this penalizes people with lower incomes. Something along those lines. Right. What do you think about it in, in, in context to Elijah Wood not liking it as well, potentially? Or, or I don't know, maybe you like this idea. So, no, I don't like this idea. However, I didn't really think of like the average price perspective. Like I, I was more so thinking like they're probably going to keep the price of everything the same. And then just like the better seats they're going to charge a premium for. I think that's what everyone thinks. But if you read the Hollywood Reporter article, it doesn't say that. It says that there are going to be lower price tickets for worse seats. Yeah, so like they're going to reduce the price of worse tickets, increase the price of the best tickets, and then keep the price standard for the middle ing tickets. Is that correct? Uh, well, that's the question is what's the what's the range? Yeah, like that's the biggest question. Yeah, but I feel like the if they can do it in a way that's actually fair and not just fair for making money for them, if they're just trying mm. to pull in an audience, that to me, I, I'm, I'm all for because I want more packed theaters. That's great. Yeah, I guess I understand that, but I, I just don't I, – I feel like this is going to do the opposite because obviously this is negative buzz. No one's spinning this in a positive way um, other than you, it seems, which is which is good to hear because this is actually a different perspective than what like Variety uh, – or what the headlines are saying like on Variety and stuff like that. Um, but to me, like I feel like this is negative because in a time where theaters are arguably dying – Slowly but surely, you know, like, uh, I mean, Avatar The Way of the Water is is not an example of that. It's like one of the best, like, uh, grossing movies, but <clears throat> The Way of Water, whatever, you know, Avatar <laughs> 2. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and like, you, you want to drive more people to the theater, obviously, like from your perspective. But I think overcharging the people that, you know, do consistently go to the theater is is not a good thing. Like, you know, you're almost penalizing the people that are consistently going and like the experience now i know amc is doing like they have like a like a similar to cineplex like a cineplex um cineclub membership amc has a similar one as well oh do um, they that i didn't read into yeah i think it's called amc stubs or something like that um and there's like a free tier membership so you don't have to like pay for it but they have uh like their their paid tier their a-list tier you can actually if you're paying for the stubs membership you can actually get the seats in the preferred sightline section. So the best um, like seats in the house right. at no additional cost. So it kind of reminds me of what Cineplex has done with they like Cineplex launched a, uh, what, what what's the fee called? It, if you buy tickets online, you have to pay an additional fee 
Like, I think it's like a dollar fifty. Yeah. But if you're a Cine Club member, you don't have to pay that. I just bought the Ant-Man tickets. I'm, I'll look at the receipts while you talk here. Yeah. So, like, I think that's what they're kind of trying to push. They're trying to push people to purchase their AMC membership. And then, realistically, they're not charging anything extra for those preferred sightline section seats because, hey, you should be an AMC Stubbs A-list member. And I, I, I'm hoping that Cineplex doesn't do this as well because – I, I mean, you and I, we're both Cine Club members. It won't affect us negatively. The, you know, the cost of like having to book a ticket online. It doesn't- Online booking fee. Online booking fee. It doesn't cost us anymore. Terrible. But it still sucks for the people that don't have Cine Club, you know, that maybe don't go to the theater all that often. Cine Club's perfect for me and you because we go at the very least once a month. It's a good deal though. Honestly, in general, forget about the online booking fee. That is a good, good deal. I, I think legitimately it's a good subscription. If you go monthly. Yeah, no, I agree. For sure. Because it's it's ten dollars a month, you get a free movie ticket. A t- movie ticket is already twelve dollars and fifty cents, and then you get uh, you get discounts on tickets. You have like a member price ticket, which reduces the cost of a, another ticket to ten bucks. And instead of spending fifty dollars for a popcorn, you spend maybe twenty. You spend twenty percent off of that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. so forty dollars, <laughs> <laughs> which yeah. is a steal. But yeah, I don't know. It, this is a, I think this is an interesting one. I I personally like gut check. I'm I'm kind of against this. It makes sense when you compare it to like you know concerts and everything because they've been doing that forever. But when everything is the same cost, people don't love Ticketmaster. No, Ticketmaster sucks. <laughs> Fucking pisses me off. But yeah, <laughs> I hope Ticketmaster doesn't buy any of the theater things. But yeah, you imagine Ticketmaster starts handling AMC tickets. <laughs> well, yeah, oh as long God. as it's not Cineplex, then I'm okay with it. Yeah, the Cineplex CEO, Ellis Jacob, uh, was asked about this, was asked whether they would do this because they did the 80 for Brady thing. Mm-hmm. So whether they might make, again, uh, change the pricing of, of various tickets. But I don't know. Hopefully that doesn't happen, um, yeah. I guess, in your case. I think that it could work. But the problem is that on a on a perspective of price increases, you can slowly – it's easier, I feel like, to drip, drip feed a price increase over time if you have variation in pricing. That's mm-hmm. the problem for me because corporations be corporations. It's true. That's the problem is that they're all beholden to their shareholders. And honestly, that's going to come up in this – I think this episode many times um, this week is that – these corporations are beholden to their, to their shareholders and bad things happen to people who don't have a lot of money, it seems like, versus the shareholders more often than not. Mm-hmm. Like uh, people get laid off and things like that. It's terrible. And I, and I find that like it's because they all have to – every year they have to increase their profit margin. Every year they have to have an increase in subscribers for a streaming service or sell more tickets at the box office. It's, it's ridiculous. Eventually something's got to give. It's it's unfortunate. So hopefully this pricing scheme is good for people because it makes tickets less expensive, more so than more. But you seem to think that it's just going to be more expensive. So Yeah, that's my assumption. And you're right, though. Honestly, the majority of the press for this or t- the publications talking about this, we're talking about it being worse. So yeah. segueing right to corporations being corporations, Netflix password sharing rules are in place in Canada. So they're happening. Yeah, dude. It pretty much happened right after we finished recording almost last week, no? Or or a couple days after. Crazy, yeah. It sucks because like last week we said, you know what? Uh, we probably won't talk about this for a while until the end of the quarter when Netflix puts these rules in place. But then Canada, New Zealand, Portugal, and Spain were added to the pilot program, just like the South American pilot program. 
um, mm-hmm. for that Netflix password sharing rule set where basically if you're not in the same household, you cannot share a password. So you have to live yeah. in the same geographical location, IP and Wi-Fi um, addresses. And so in Canada now, they did add the extra program, which I wasn't sure they were going to do. I thought they were just going to force customers to split off their account, their profile to a new account. But they did Mm -hmm. actually add the ability to add the extra extra fee. And the extra fee in Canada is $8,799. Yeah, which is, it's more expensive than the ad tier that, because they, I think Netflix was talking about it, that the extra fee was going to be less than the ad tier. Or no more than the ad tier, at least in the states, if I recall correctly. And it's what two bucks more than the ad tier here in Canada, or a dollar more. I was shocked by this price point. It's so shocking, and so I've alerted my family. And my my subscription, unfortunately, just uh, re-upped on February fifth. It's too bad it's not more convenient with the with the seasons of you here, but because I wanted to watch that show, it's the show I've actually looked forward to. So um, I, I'm going to cancel it after. The March fifth mark, so I'm going to set it to cancel, and then I'm going to go back into you, uh, like the second half of the fourth season, in April. Like I'm going to try and do a a step type situation where I probably have it for six months of the year. So I, I said yeah. this before. I, I I like Netflix. I think it's good. I think twenty one dollars for Netflix is too expensive when you compare it to like other streaming services, and it's arguably too expensive in general because I don't watch Netflix every month. But my family was dependent on the fact that I was paying for Netflix. So it kept me subscribed. That was the whole thing. So Netflix can do whatever they want. Like, you know, they're, they're at liberty to do whatever they want. That's great. But for me, the reason I kept my subscription is because of the dependence. Because I have two, three different groups of people in three different households. They're really just three people. Actually, three people. They used to live together, my family, basically. Three humans, yeah. Yeah, three humans. They're living in different geographic locations, which means, Adrian, that I would be paying what? <laughs> That's unbelievable. $8 plus $8. An extra $24? Yeah. <laughs> plus the 21 So I'd be paying $45 for Netflix. Can you imagine that? No way am I doing that. So I told my family, I'm sorry, but I'm going to cancel, cancel it. And... um. Unless you guys object and you really want to pay me the $8, I, I kind of want to cancel it because I want to save my money and I, and I want to resubscribe when I see a show or a movie that I really want to watch. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I've done, I, I, or I'm going to do it at least. I haven't quite canceled it because it just renewed, so I've got time. But I, there's no reason I don't think that I will not cancel it. Um, but you're good, yeah. I guess, because you don't really – you live in the house with the people that you – that you share Netflix with, so you're good, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm lucky to have that. I just feel bad for my sister because I'm pretty sure my sister uses that same Netflix account. Um, she doesn't live with us, um, and like she actually just went on a trip. Funnily enough, <laughs> she's gone for the next two weeks. So thankfully, at least she can use it for the next two weeks when she's out and about. But yeah, like uh, when she comes back, I don't think she's willing to pay the eight bucks. I don't think my parents are going to do that. So maybe she'll get her own, or maybe she'll leech off someone else in her building. I don't know, but unfortunate for her. Unfortunate for her. So you have to set a primary household by the 21st of February. That's kind of the, the rule set, basically. The, the, the last thing I'm going to leave you with here, Adrian, is in the audience, I guess, is the, is the fact that I feel like, and I've been hearing around town, you know, going to work and whatever, people are talking that this is a buzzy thing to talk about. That and Hogwarts Legacy, I guess. But like people are talking about the Netflix, Jeez. you know, password sharing thing. And, and, and there's been lots of people that I've talked to that said they're going to cancel. And mm-hmm. one person told me they already canceled. Their family canceled it already. So I, I'm interested to see how it goes. I'm curious. But the thing that keeps coming up with the I'm going to cancel is 
it's not that hard to pirate <laughs> over and over again yeah d- dude i brought it up last week you said that last week good call yeah but like it's not that hard to pirate i'm sorry it's just not like pirating's not for me i'm not gonna do it but i mean it's ridiculous and so there's somebody in my family i'm not gonna say who i don't, I don't want them to get in trouble or anything <laughs> from the law <laughs> yeah you know from the law that yeah. specifically in my extended family or my media family, whatever, that uses IP box, IPTV boxes, Android boxes. Yeah. And this person has a couple of them in multiple locations and they use them and they rave about them. It's funny. They rave about it so much. I, I always have this kind of like little argument like, you shouldn't do it though. You know, you got to support these TV shows wouldn't exist if you watched it only on IPTV boxes. I'm not an annoying guy. <laughs> but, but, um, but at the same time, it is true. But mind you, like... This person is sharing the Netflix account and they were literally willing to keep watching on Netflix, even though they have all the content on the IPTV box. I, I, I don't even, I never made that argument to this person because I was like, it's weird. You, you keep asking for the Netflix password. Why? And the answer is what you said last week, convenience. It's convenient. It's yeah. just a better, it's not that expensive, especially when you're sharing it. $21 is potentially a lot. I think it's, again, too much already. Um, for one person, it's too much. That's why yeah. I'm going to cancel and come back, cancel and come back. So I, I, I'm so shocked that they don't see this as a problem because Android boxes are so, they're not, I mean, they kind of, I felt like they fell off a little bit over the last couple years, few years, because mm-hmm. there's so many streaming services and they're kind of all competing. So they've been trying to be competitive for pricing potentially. And People talk about it less, but there's still lots of piracy out there. It's just going to happen way more. It's just yeah, an no, interesting I, thing. I, I agree. And like, it's not even Android boxes now. I think the the bar was set way lower with like Fire Stick. Like you can get like IPTV on the Fire Sticks. And I remember people um, like coming into like the retail store I used to work at and people would just be buying like a bunch of Fire Sticks. And I recently went to St. Jacob's Farmer's Market, which is just a little like farmer's market. You know, they, they sell like food and just like random products and stuff near where we live, Simon. And in one of the booths at St. Jacob's Farmer's Market is literally dude selling fire sticks with IPTV on it. Mm. Yeah. And I was just like, is this, I'm confused. Like, I thought this wasn't like, this isn't allowed. Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It, it kind of threw me, <laughs> it kind of threw me off. I got a little bit confused because I remember at the retail store I worked at, they said, like, if if anyone brings up the IPTV stuff, you're not allowed to talk about it. And that was like... Because somebody was sued in the States. Yeah. At that same retail store chain, they were sued because somebody was telling people, you know, customers how to get IPTV services yeah. on various, you know, Android boxes, et cetera. Devices. So, like, it, it caused it caused issues. So, that's why mm-hmm. they tried to avoid it. But it's, it's interesting. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I, I find it weird. Oh, the person that I'm talking about as well, like that is doing this, is using using these Android boxes, is is paying monthly, which is wild too. That's the thing that I find so egregious. Yeah. But anyway, they're paying yeah, less. Though. Of- they're paying ten dollars a month or something like that. So it is mm-hmm. much less for all of the streaming services that exist. But anyway, yeah, it's kind of funny because it's all these people that are selling it, and they're like, oh, like get cable, blah 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 blah. They have like a sign posted at St. Jacobs, all for ten dollars a month. And then buy the, yeah. they buy like the fire stick for however much. And it's just like, this is weird, man. But again, their business is going to be booming now at St. Jacob's Market. Man, I think, I don't know. It, it looks like it. I, again, we'll see. I'm pushing everyone over to the St. Jacob's. I feel like Canada is a good market to test though. So it's a good thing that they're testing it first, I guess, before they just roll it out. It's a smart move. 
I, I think. Yeah. I mean, again, I could be we could be daft. Maybe we're just wrong. People will just subscribe for another eight dollars a month. I just I know well, no, I'm not doing it. Yeah. It's ten dollars for the basic plan. I I don't understand. It just doesn't it doesn't add to me. Yeah. It's kind of funny because uh, I don't know, you brought up Hogwarts Legacy pr- prior to this and like there's you know, there's a, apparently a bunch of controversy surrounding Hogwarts Legacy with JK Rowling and all of that sort of stuff. But I think the majority of people either don't even know about this controversy or don't care because it's selling like he must know crazy. Like that game is selling unbelievable amounts on every console, yeah. uh, PC, all that sort of stuff. And it's it's doing gangbusters. Right. And it's just when you look online on Twitter, it's like all this controversy being like, oh, you know, fuck this game because, you know, the 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 person that wrote about it is like a transphobe, yada, 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 yada. And again, I don't want to comment on any of that stuff, uh, but it's it just goes to show that a lot of the time the the vocal minority. people are usually in the minority. So I'm oh sorry. So I'm curious. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I'm thank you for finishing my sandwiches. Uh, um, you're welcome. <laughs> but uh, yeah, egg on rye. Yeah, on rye, on rye bread, baby. Mm. But uh, I do like rye bread quite a bit. I actually have a thing of marble rye in my fridge. I might make Rubens tonight for dinner. Oh, yeah, nice. like a good Reuben sandwich. Nice. Or maybe quesadillas. You know what's weird about the Hogwarts Legacy thing, too? If you think about it, I don't remember this much discourse when it came to the uh, the last movie. The movies. Out, like Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Fantastic. Yeah, no, I, I found that really odd. Like, this is, the, this is the thing that the vocal minority is attached to, but not the movies as much with... Uh, like the, actually, the more the the controversy with the Fantastic Beast movie was Johnny Depp. What? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Actually, that's a good point because it was about it's Johnny weird. Depp more so. I wonder if it's because like traditionally, I think gamers like w- when you think about like gamers online or like games oh. media and stuff. Like yeah. there's, I think there's a negative connotation to the like gamers themselves, and and I'm pretty into like games media, and I follow a lot of people, and a lot of them are just kind of bitter people that just talk shit about gamers all the time, being like, oh, they're racist, homophobic motherfuckers, blah blah blah, and then we have like, you know, the vast majority of people that play video games that probably don't really post anything online that's racist or homophobic or transphobic or anything. So I don't, I don't know. I think it's just a very toxic environment, way more so than like the movie industry is realistically. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. Good call up. For sure. But. Okay, Adrian. Yeah, we'll see how this goes. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to the to the things we've been watching this week. We yeah. both watched something, two things actually, and then you watched something that I did not watch. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, Simon. So I'll bring it up. Yeah. I'll start with that. Sounds good. I watched you. Me? Yeah, you. No, no, I just kidding. <laughs> I feel like this joke got old <laughs> like uh, two episodes ago. What do you think? Yeah, well, it's never going to stop. It's never going to stop. <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, yeah. yeah, I watched You Season 4 Part 1, and um, it's really good. It's really good. The, the whole thing? Yeah, there, there's only five episodes. Oh. So I binged it, Simon. I binged it. Like like you, you love pointing out that I, I like doing sometimes. And for this... I did enjoy binging it, but I will say it does kind of suck because, again, it's only five episodes. It's not the full season. I, I'm in like this weird conflicting mood because I'm just like, you know, I'm fine with week to week, but sometimes I just want to binge something. I like having the option. You know, I like it when it's like a big sort of show that you're watching it week to week and there's that water cooler talk. But uh, for you, it's it's I don't really have that water cooler talk with anyone other than maybe you. 
Me, yeah. You, yeah, you actually this time. Right. Uh, about you. Um, so, I don't know, I like finished the five episodes and I'm like, fuck, I gotta wait an entire month for the next five episodes now. And it kind of bummed me out. But uh, this season of you... Yeah, I, uh, what are you talking about? Make up your mind, man. No! <laughs> I want to change my opinion every time. Oh, uh, it's good. But but uh, I, I really enjoyed the first, uh, like these five episodes of you, season uh, four, uh, it's really great. It, it's, I would argue, the most different uh, in comparison to the other three seasons where, you know, um, Penn Badgley's like character, what he, th- there's a lot of narration going on in the series. And anytime he's talking about like you, it's like his like love interest in the narration. But this time it kind of switches it on its head because, you know, it's usually him kind of stalking someone. But now he's the prey. This is in the trailer, so I'm not really spoiling anything. So whenever he's talking about you, it's this person that's like following him and he's trying to figure out who it is. So it became like oh. almost like a murder mystery, like who done it in this season, which is super awesome, like almost kind of inspired by like other like who done it's like scream or 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 glass onion and things like that in a, in a weird way. Like I I'm really enjoying this season. I'm curious what you're going to think about it when you inevitably watch it. But again, where it ends, it kind of ends on like a slight cliffhanger. And I was like, fuck, man, I got to wait like a month. To watch the last five episodes of this season but i'm really loving it i i love you i love you too and and the tv series you oh 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 yeah oh okay yeah um yeah they that's uh, something that you does great i find that that's mm-hmm. the thing that is done for the first three seasons is it's so different every season in a way mm-hmm. that you kind of don't expect they, they're not they're not trying to just do the same old tricks every season and it's something mm-hmm. that I really admire about the way that the writers are doing it. They're not doing like a, you know, it's not, it's, it's, it's the furthest from like a procedural drama, I guess, like a crime drama. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I, I really appreciate that aspect. And so I am excited to watch it. I've held off a little bit because first of all, I don't really binge anything. I, I always, again, I'm, I'm in favor of binging, but I'm not really. Like I'm saying I want to do it at my own pace. I, I'm never mm-hmm. watching more than one episode a, a day, really. I'm yeah. watching one episode maybe every day of a week. So like I'm kind of not in a rush because I do want to cancel Netflix and and the next season, if I recall correctly, the next half of the fourth season is coming out on the 10th of March. Yes. Right. So that's tricky for me. Something like that. That's interesting. I'll check. And I want to wait till April to watch the, the second half. So um, that's the trick. But smart. I wonder if they did this. They timed it very, very well so that it's uh, they got these two halves of this very uh, popular show just around the time they're doing this password sharing plan here because they usually wait like two months before they do the second half and now this time they've they're only doing a month yeah from my recollection anyway yeah hmm. yeah sorry I, i'm like trying to multitask i'm looking at when this second season airs uh march 9th oh ninth. the second yeah it comes out march 9th yeah sweet yeah anyway it's but, all good i'm I, I i'm gonna i'll, I'll tune in um as we mm-hmm. go but probably in a week or so I'll, yeah i'll have some opinions on you on me yeah, you and and the show <laughs> and the show as well. Okay, sounds good. But yeah, I, just real quick, uh, I, I I do agree with you. I think they like use an incredibly pos- a pop a pop blah, blah blah popular show. Jesus fuck, uh, is an incredibly popular show. Like it's the number watched TV series right now in Canada, like on Netflix. So I think they probably timed this pilot program to launch with one of their more popular shows to keep people on right just a little bit longer. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, they might do that from now on. Maybe the, the second halves of seasons will just happen a month later. I don't know. Makes sense. It's interesting though if you think about that that dynamic, like 
when did this start? This 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 season came out February fifth or something like that, right? Um, it came out on Thursday, this past Thursday, so the ninth. So literally a month, yeah, February ninth. Right, a month. Was- That's four weeks. It's almost four episodes, five episodes. You know what I mean? It's it's almost gonna run that long anyway. It was if it ran week to week, they're keeping people the same amount of time with this strategy. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's almost. It's better because you're actually getting it a week earlier than you would have if you didn't. You know what I'm saying? It actually works. You could have, man, you just got to have discipline. You just got to watch everything a week on week. If you like week on week, man, just watch, you know, the one week you watch the first episode, the next week you watch the second, you know, you can just do that. No. If you want. (laughs) I'm not going (laughs) to. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, We also watched a couple other things. Yes. This week, uh, we watched, of course, The Last of Us Episode 5. We uh, actually reviewed that on our YouTube short, like in a short short form kind of fashion Mm -hmm. on TikTok, YouTube short. Instagram, whatever. At jar underscore split focus. Yeah, I'm curious what you thought of episode five. It's quite an action-packed episode for sure. So I'm curious what you think of it. Yeah, Simon. So last week uh, when we talked about episode four, I I claimed that like it was my least favorite episode because it was a setup episode in my opinion. Like it still was great. Like I still think it's fantastic. I, you know, we we both rated it a four point five out of five. Um, but this this episode, episode five, it's like the setup actually paid off. All that little bit of setup made for a super impactful and action heavy episode five with a lot of again emotional moments. I think. What this Last of Us show has proven is that it can make people cry um, every second episode, it seems. Um, (laughs) Because, uh, you know, I was watching it with my mom uh, and uh, my girlfriend. And then a few of my friends actually popped over to watch it a second time because they watched it on the first night. I wasn't able to um, watch it on the first night because I was at a funeral, unfortunately. But they they, like came over and it it was kind of funny because, yeah, like, again, my, my mom who cried at the first episode and the third episode. And then she also cried at this episode. And, you know, I definitely teared up this episode. And it's what Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann are doing with this like HBO retelling of the of the game is absolutely brilliant because I think it's it's amazing for fans that have never played the video game but this episode was the first time that I felt like they referenced something in the game where I felt like I'm getting more out of the show this time because I actually played the game where I feel like a a lot of the time for the series uh, um, is that the game benefits Oh, wait, sorry. I'm, I lost my train of thought there. Where the TV show is kind of like fleshing out a little bit more of the video game. And for the first time in this episode, in particular, there's like a little poster with like our, it says like our save uh, or our protectors, Ish and Danny, um, where it's just a little poster. But in the video game, that's a longer section and you get a lot of notes and you and you learn about these characters, which you don't get to learn about in the TV show. So like I felt like for the first time in this episode where I was like, oh, man, I'm getting actually more out of the show because I played the video game and not kind of the other way around, if that makes sense. So is, is that a bad thing then? No, I think that's a good thing. I think I thought that was like really interesting. Well, we were missing we were missing some story elements in the sh- in the episode then. Is it a bad thing? For the it's episode? like I, I like I get where you're coming from, where I would have liked them to dive into that story because it's actually one of my favorite like sort of side stories in the game. It's like it's all explained in notes, but it would be tough to really do like unless they did an entire episode about it. I don't really know how you could have. What I was really hoping for is that they did like a cold open at the very least about Isha's story. And then, you know, like they ended up 
in that area in the in the actual episode. But unfortunately, they didn't do that. But it still felt like, oh, this is this is Isha's like underground like tunnel system. Like I re- I remember this from the game. This is I'm getting more out of the show now because I played the video game. So I think for me that was a like a beneficial moment. Um, and again, the the action in this episode was fucking awesome. It was so amazing and the way it popped off it it really highlighted how terrifying the infected are in when they're like running in droves and how humans are also just as dangerous as the infected in some sort of ways while you know again like having these like really emotional and heartfelt moments between our core cast of characters um but i i adored this episode i i I thought it was another masterpiece of an episode and i think a lot of people agree like uh the people i was watching it with that that watched it previously uh, said that this was their favorite episode of the season Mm. i still think episode three is the best personally i think that that episode's like a genuine masterpiece um but yeah i i I truly did like episode five what do you think yeah i i would agree i I still think it's second best as well um I like it a lot. It's interesting. The show does some th- really neat things with its balance, again, of those emotional moments with then trying to lead up to action in mm-hmm. a way that's not like the game at all. The game kind of goes to action to action to action, but I think it's because you die in the game and you come back to life, you know, like any video game, and then yeah. you keep going. There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a danger there, but it's a danger of you're going to die and come back. And you're always mm-hmm. like, oh, no, Joel just got eaten by a clicker or whatever it may yeah. be. In this show, they, they balance the violence and the, the action so well. It, it just there's this like calm before the storm. It's calm before the storm. You know the storm is coming and it's going to be crazy. But you just don't know when exactly it's going to come. You're just waiting for it to arrive. And yeah. there's there's like this crazy gr- great moments of calm, especially in this episode. That you just know something brutal might happen, but you just don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> what and when and how brutal. And then it yeah. just like almost like exceeds your expectations and how crazy it becomes. They've done that a couple times in this, in the show so far. And this episode probably does that the most in a way it's like HBO's game of Thrones in a way HBO does that. Like game of Thrones does that very well. Like mm-hmm. there's like, there's a lot of calm, like intrigue, you know, political drama, but then all of a sudden shit hits the fan and you're like, ah, oh, shit. I didn't see that coming. It's yeah, like it- way darker than I thought it would go and way crazier. And that's kind of what the show does really well. And so this this episode's a I feel like culmination of that. And I mm-hmm. think that the characters they introduced in this one and all that stuff and the darkness of it and the craziness of it is it's brilliant. It's, it's it is an amazing episode. I still yeah. think episode three though is like is on the top echelon of TV in general. I this agree. show is this episode is amazing, but I don't think it exceeds that um, that level. Also, yeah. one last thing, I guess flashback use in the show in general has been very good i agree it's been done very competently and usefully it's very uh it, it dictates the plot like it, it really pushes the plot along and gives you a greater understanding of, of various characters this is a really good use of uh flashbacks and yeah. and the and i and just because we're going to go into another thing we were, we watched in a moment mm-hmm. I, I will say the action is dictated by the plot Mm-hmm. It, it the action is informed by it and that's a very yeah. important thing very important <laughs> and the next thing we're going to talk about i'll talk about how that doesn't necessarily happen but i rate this episode a four and a half out of five 
I'm a five out of five. So uh, nine point five out of ten for episode five of The Last of Us, baby. Mr. Mr. Five out of five. Except for episode four. Right. Except for episode four for you. So the second thing we watched, and we watched this in theaters together, was Avatar The Way of Water. Adrian, Mm -hmm. what did you think of Avatar The Way of Water? Obviously, you didn't like the first Avatar movie. Mm -hmm. You've been saying Avatar sucks at the end of our episodes. So, I mean, I don't think it sucks, but you do. So what do you think of the sequel, James Cameron's sequel, Avatar The Way of Water? Yeah, Simon. So I went into this movie really wanting to like it because as much as I didn't like the first movie, I thought the world of Pandora is excellent. I think it's a really cool world. I think it's very like unique and awesome. The creature designs are really cool. Honestly, everything about the world of Pandora is really awesome. And and that, you know, is highlighted in Avatar The Way of Water as well. I think we watched it in the 3D high frame rate version as well. So I think that's that is a good thing to note here too, which is probably the intended intended viewing experience. Yeah. And it IMAX was, would have been we didn't do IMAX. That's the only thing. Yeah, that's true. We did the uh, Ultra AVX, so the Ultra Audio Visual Experience, or whatever. Yeah, with the higher frame rate in 3D. And this was actually one of the first times where I was in a movie watching it in 3D, where the 3D never kind of went away. It looked like a 3D movie the entire time. I feel like with a lot of other movies that I watch in 3D, my brain tends to adjust within like 10, 15 minutes, and then it just looks like a regular old movie. This yeah. is the one of the few times where I didn't get that feeling. And I think the high frame rate mode was super unique and interesting. I think we said that it ran at 60 frames per second last week. So I guess that would have been a little show correction. It runs at 48. Yeah, correct. It does. Um, at the high frame rate uh, moments. And it, it gives not the, the whole time, not the whole time. It switches back and forth and it gives the 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 movie a, a very video gamey feel. And it's one of the things I've said before where I feel like Avatar, the world of Avatar and Pandora would be amazing in a video game setting. And I know uh, Ubisoft is actually making a video game, and I hope it turns out incredibly well. Um, And I'd be definitely interested in it. I think, again, visually, this movie is stunning. With the high frame rate, I think there are a couple of negatives because whenever it jumps away from the high frame rate uh, recording, it becomes a little choppy and it takes your brain a little time to kind of readjust to the lower frame rate. Yeah, that is, that's almost like a video game in that if you're yeah. moving between 30 frames per second or 60 to 60 as an example. Yeah, like a performance mode versus a fidelity mode <laughs> like you get on like PS5. It can be jarring. And that that's a weird thing. Like it looks pretty cool in the 48 mm-hmm. frames per second, but I also think that it looks a little bit too surreal mm-hmm. and fake. Like, I feel like that would be a criticism of it too. My brother, I think would hate it Yeah, because he hates the soap opera effect on TVs. And it kind of is a little bit of the soap opera effect personified to me a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I, I got that vibe. I don't know if you got that vibe. But. No, no, I didn't really feel like it was the soap opera effect. I just, I kept on relating it to a TV, sorry, to a video game, if anything, but I, I can yeah. see where, uh, where you're coming yeah. from on that. The aspect. drawing thing was more noticeable though. When they jumped yeah. between, sometimes they did action, not quite action. It was like a not quite action scene mm-hmm. in 24 frames per second. Um, the action in the underwater sequences were 48. That was kind of how they chose. Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah, that, that's that's true. And uh, and I think, again, on the topic of action, I think the action in this movie is freaking awesome. Like the the action set pieces are sweet. There's this underwater like action, like sort of chase scene that felt like it was ripped straight from like a like an Uncharted game almost. And I was like, this is fucking awesome. But I think the movie as a whole, I I. I don't like it. I think this is not a good movie. I think the plot is arguably less original than the first. 
And the reason behind that is because it's just the first movie again with a little bit of Tarzan sprinkled into it in a weird way. Um, and it, I just I was kind of shocked at how much I didn't like some of the new characters that were introduced where I was like, these characters are annoying. I don't like watching these characters at all. I want this character to shut the fuck up. And it is one of the most predictable movies I have seen in God knows how long. There were no surprises other than visual surprises. Uh, again, with the action set pieces in the high frame rate. This, in my opinion, is not a good movie. I didn't like this. And it's way too long. It's three and a half hours. I literally was just like, I need I need this fucking movie to end already. Um I, I was not a fan of this. There's literally just these like typical tropes. It, it shocks me at how well this movie is doing and why so many people love Avatar. Because to me, this is just bland, boring. And other than, again, the world of Pandora, the actual setting, a wholly ununique story that I can't like hammer home enough. This is... It felt to me like, again, James Cameron is an amazing movie maker, obviously, like he's, he's done some spectacular movies. But this to me, other than the visuals, is a juvenile story, plot line, writing, characters, everything about it. And I still hate Jake Sully. Jake Sully is still annoying. And it's just <laughs> some of the some of the dialogue, like we laughed out loud a couple of times because it was yeah. just so corny and so tropey and 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 poor like it just was so poorly done in so many ways it was it seemed poorly acted in those moments too but i think that's because it's it's i think it's like the star wars the attack of the clones yeah situation in that like that the dialogue was bad but the only one who seemed to be able to take it and run with it or not the only one i mean one of the few people samuel jackson did a pretty good job too but ewan mcgregor was like a standout mm -hmm. somehow even though because i think just ewan mcgregor can act out the phone book but I, yeah. I i don't know that he he was able to do it but when you have a like a, a novice actor like hayden christensen it just didn't do him any favors and he couldn't mm -hmm. seem to seem natural so for avatar the way of water if you take kate winslet as an example in this movie mm -hmm. oh she's awesome yeah she's fantastic she translates the dialogue no matter what but i feel like some others i don't know it it is it felt very the some of the dialogue is very silly and it's like some of the younger like the kid actors as an example it just didn't transform it at all like it just felt like very wooden i don't know what happened i agree and you'd hope that it could, yeah, like you, you'd you hope they could hide it because the visuals are so stunning and it's, and you're not seeing the expression of these children acting. You kind of are though. It's all, it's all motion capture. I guess so. But like, it, and I get, it's such a surreal world, like this, yeah. this highly, like these like crazy alien things. That, you're distracted. So, yeah. So you should maybe, yeah. And also real quick, what is up with some of their haircuts? What? What is up with that? When they in the water village, there's like people with like the Gen Z like elementary school weird bushy hair, and I was I was in shock at some of the haircuts in this movie. I was like, "What the hell is going on?" <laughs> That's a criticism. That I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even notice that at all. I have no idea what you're talking about. But uh, okay, oh man, yeah, <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> it, I was in shock at some of the characters' haircuts. But I don't think they even cut their hair, man. Yeah, how do they? I mean, I guess I don't know. Maybe with, with it just grows in like that. No one cuts their hair. Yeah, and it just stays like it doesn't grow shorter or longer. I don't know. Well, I never saw anyone brushing their hair. Also, Jake Sully, annoying character. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. 
but uh, yeah, again, I, I ranted a bit there. What, what what else do you think about this, man? Like, what maybe spread a little bit of positivity in my mostly negative rant about this film? Well, you kind of knocked the positivity part. Like, you got you got my points. I think. Like, I I think that okay. the I I thought the visuals were incredible. I thought the action sequences sometimes were amazing. The mm-hmm. my criticism of the movie though is that like as I alluded to with the Last of Us review, there is that plot has to dictate the action. And I don't mm-hmm. think that it necessarily did. The predictability is something that I agree with. Like, I completely agree with. I think we we kind of talked about that when we left the theater. No, 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 no. Not, not with each other because we don't talk outside this podcast. Right, no, by proxy, of course. Like, yeah. I'm not crazy. We, we talked to somebody else and they they relayed the message. Yeah, we were just talking to the, like the, the uh, clerk at the counter. We like left the theater and walked right up to the counter at Cineplex and started talking to the person. Just yeah, and we to said them. to that person tell this person I'm standing next to you what I just said. And then I walked away and got in my car and left. But I find the predictability, I don't care about predictability in a movie. So this is something I, I don't know if I said this before in the podcast, but I I don't care that much about predictability. I care a little bit, but I I find that this is one of the more predictable movies I've ever watched in a way that if you think about the way it starts, you can kind of predict the the end of the movie from the beginning. Mm -hmm. That's the issue. Is it, it, it like in the first like twenty minutes? I feel like you can you you're like oh no this character is gonna do this or th- th- this is gonna happen here. I can't normally do that. Yeah, I, I think it needs to have some kind of surprise. I feel like I don't need to be completely surprised in a movie. Knock at the cabin we just watched. Yeah, you know there's there's always a twist in an M Night Shyamalan movie. I arguably predicted what was gonna happen in the very beginning of that movie, but I didn't know completely. I didn't know for sure. There were also moments in this like the Avatar, the way of the water, the way of water. No, I almost said the way of the water. God damn it, Adrian. <laughs> the way of water, there were moments in it where there were parts where I'm like, oh, they're going to do this crazy thing that's very unpredictable. And then they didn't do it. That's the other thing is that there's moments they could have like gone off the beaten path. Yeah, where they could have elevated the story. <laughs> yeah, it would have been insane. But they chose to not go that way. And I'm like, come on. I was yeah. so excited. There was one moment I was like, oh, okay, 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 okay. This is gonna move. This is gonna move this movie up a notch for me in terms of plotline. And plot is king. Mm-hmm. This is the issue with the movie: is that plot is king, and and it's it's not a bad plot. There's no plot holes necessarily. The dialogue is kind of wooden at times, as we just talked about. And the issue is, it's just it's the it's a rehashing of Avatar one mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. It's a little bit more original. They they seasoned it with Tarzan. Yeah, yeah. I, I would okay. say this is like for the force. What Force Awakens is to like the Phantom Menace or A New Hope for Star Wars. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. But again, it is beautiful. It is the best 3D I've ever seen. It's like it's completely imaginative, or not imaginative in terms of this plot, but imaginative in terms of showing you Pandora in various ways. I felt mm-hmm. like I was there. But this movie, it felt like it was something that I would go to Disney World and, you know, sit. You've ever gone to one of those rides where it's a 3D ride where they spritz you with water and then they've got like a heat lamp and then they've got like various things or seat moves. You feel like you're there. Like it's a it's an experience type of situation. Yeah, they have those in Niagara Falls. Yeah, right. This movie is like more of like a simulation of a film. It's a theme park movie to quote Martin Scorsese. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've said this before. I was expecting it to be that, and it is that. It's perfect. It's the perfect description of a, fil- a theme park movie. Endgame to me is not. Avengers Endgame is not a theme park movie. There are some great movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that are very emotional. They try to hit, make you feel emotional in this movie. It seems like they're trying, but they never quite get there. Mm-hmm. Arguably, one of the reasons why is because I was able to predict some of those emotional moments before they happened, long before. 
and some of the character developments felt a little bit shallow uh, to me. And so that's just not going to do it for me. Like, mm-hmm. I, it, it just doesn't work that way. I, I find that it's strange that Zoe Saldana, <laughs> who's in this movie, said before the movie came out, like months before, that she cried when she watched a cut of the movie. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm like, she, didn't she say that she cried at the, like, the first like 10 minutes or something like that? How? Like, it was some. I, I don't know. I can't wrap my head around it. Maybe she was crying because it was so bad. <laughs> no. She's like, oh, God, I invested so much of my life into this shit. It's it's not that. Maybe maybe her – because her performance is great, by the way. Like, there, it is really good. The performances good. from various yeah. actors in this movie. I, I thought that uh, Sam Worthington's great. I, I don't mind him. I know you don't like Jake Sully, but I, I, I think that – yeah, I don't like his character. Yeah. Sure. I, I don't know. I like the character. I, I, characters enough. Like, they're fine. It's all just bland. It's not bad. None of it's bad. The plot's fine. It's just, it, it's not a movie that should be third in the world, like third best movie in the world mm-hmm. at any in any stretch of, ima- of the imagination. Like, it's just, yeah. it's ridiculous in that aspect. And you're right. This movie is too long. It's too long. It, and the reason why it's too long is because it's not a movie. It's an experience. You're sitting there waiting and the ride is is going through the through the water and the water looks beautiful. Oh my goodness. Oh, I've never seen water underwater sequences done better in any movie ever. It is by far the most beautiful water sequences in any movie. But these characters are going underwater, whatever. And then one character is hanging out with this whale. And he's hanging out with the whale for like 20 minutes. It's like, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, that's when I went to go take a piss. <laughs> right. You went to go to the bathroom and you got back and he was still hanging out with the whale. Yeah, I was like, Jesus Christ. It's fine, but it's like, but but it doesn't really, it doesn't have any merit. You could have cut that scene down and nothing would have been lost mm-hmm. except for the experience of watching the beautiful, beautiful, beautiful visuals. The 48 frames per second was unbelievable at times. I, I thought, wow, that's incredible. And I kept yeah. thinking my brother would hate this <laughs> as I was watching it. <laughs> like, there's no way he would like this. I, I swear to God. He, like, there's moments where though, didn't you find that their limbs kind of move surreally when they're in doing action sequences? Like they move... Like a little little noodles. Yeah, yeah. It, I don't know if it was unrealistic in that way. It was maybe it's my brain just tricking myself because I just saw twenty four frames per second sequence and then moved to forty eight, and maybe mm-hmm. that like I couldn't get used to it. I think the next time if he's gonna do Avatar three, uh, well he already filmed Avatar three, but if he's if he's got the option to do that, I think he should do forty eight the whole time. I, I, I don't think he should be doing twenty four and forty eight. That's not a good idea. That's just jarring. And if I go watch Avatar 3 in theaters, oh, I'm watching it at 48 because that's the, the main reason the movie exists, theoretically. I hope they just do something more original in Avatar 3. Here's one thing I'll say. You said, how is it this popular? I would agree with you. How is it this popular? But not just how is it this popular. How is it nominated for Best Picture? That's, oh, yeah, that's what whack. I want to know. Yeah. Yeah, that's whack. That makes no sense. Avengers Endgame's not nominated for Best Picture and this movie is? In what world? Endgame, like in the, in the movies that preceded it, like those crazy chapters, like whatever, 19 movies is an incredible, crazy story that if you follow the whole thing, it's, it's wild. They're pretty crazy. And it's an undertaking that the Hollywood has never done before. Kevin Feige made that happen. That movie should have been nominated for Best Picture if this one is. And if if not, don't nominate Endgame. Don't nominate uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Fine. But then don't nominate freaking Avatar The Way of Water because that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's James Cameron, I guess, has good connections within the industry. I'm assuming that's why that happened. It just doesn't make sense because Ron Howard's movie, 13 Lives, wasn't nominated. And I was I, I, I forgot about the movie. I was looking at the, the listing and I was like, I feel like there's something wrong. There's a best picture missing. 13 Lives is one of my favorite movies of the year for 2022. Mm-hmm. It's so good. 
Viggo Mortensen is amazing in it. Colin Farrell is amazing in it. It's very emotional. I cried multiple times. Also occurs in water. If you need water, you need your water fix. Get in there. Mm-hmm. You know? But I, I recommend Adrian to you, like 13 Lives. I'm, I'm serious. It's great. It's about the, again, in uh, in Thailand, the, the soccer team gets stuck in a cave and it floods. Yeah. And then these these divers and all over the world, people are coming. It's a very emotional story because all, all over the world, people come, these like amateur divers, professional divers, they're coming in to try to save these these kids, the soccer team. And it's, man, it's so good. I Yeah, it, it's a it's an awesome movie and it's, it's a shame. I don't think it got a single nomination, but it is the year of Colin Farrell 2022, eh? Like the Batman, he's, he's freaking the Penguin. You got him in Banshees of Inisherin. As like the the main character, he got nominated for that performance, mm-hmm. and he's in uh, Thirteen Lives. Not in Avatar, though. <laughs> but anyway, uh, sorry, I ranted as well. My my apologies. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I uh, yeah, I, I agree with all those points. Um, yeah, again, it's it's fine. It's a good movie. I, it's okay. It's good to me. It's good. It's just you can you have the ability to write an incredible plot line mm-hmm. with those visuals, but you didn't. So that's my criticism. This is a three out of five. Oh, for me, it's a two out of five. So it's a five out of 10. Oh, okay. For us. Five out of 10. I would honestly rate it lower, but the visuals are just too good to rate it any lower because I really didn't like this movie. And again, that Tarzan character, one of the worst characters in anything ever. His motivations are unclear. I don't know why you're acting this way at these moments and you suck. Right. And it looks weird to see this little human boy surrounded by all these avatar looking Navi people. Just it, it's jarring. I don't like it. Okay, Adrian, do we move on to the news now? You know what? Uh, no. Oh, oh, it's keeping your tradition of saying no. Well, let's begin with our focus news story this week, a story that we've determined to be one of the most exciting pieces of news in the film and TV industry over the past seven days. As reported by Variety, Disney announced their Q1 2023 earnings last week for the quarter running from October through December of 2022. Disney reported an overall revenue increase of 8% year over year, but also announced an overall loss of 2.4 million subscribers for streaming service Disney+. Most of these lost subscribers apparently came from Disney Plus in India, where Disney lost the licensing contract for the incredibly popular Indian Premier League cricket matches. Overall, there was actually a 200,000 subscriber lift in Canada and the United States. Disney has underwent some big executive shifts during their first quarter, with very successful past Disney CEO Bob Iger coming out of retirement to be reinstated as CEO, while CEO Bob Chappick was fired from his position at the company. Iger made it clear on the earnings call that the company would be undergoing a significant restructuring to, quote, reshape the company around creativity while reducing expenses, unquote. This restructuring has unfortunately led to the layoff of 7,000 employees, or 3.2% of their global workforce. Iger is also looking to cut costs in other parts of the company, with sites set on the reduction of their recent Disney Plus marketing campaigns, which were a response to the recent streaming wars over the last few years, which Iger referred to as a, quote, global arms race for subscribers. Disney's combined offerings of Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus are currently the global leader for overall subscribers with 234.7 million, while Netflix is in second place with 230.8 million subscribers. Disney also announced the development of a new sequel to Pixar's Toy Story franchise, as well as a third Frozen film, and a sequel to the 2016 animated Zootopia film. Adrian, what do you think about this Disney news? Hmm? Um, well, yeah, uh, I guess let's let's talk about the number stuff first. So it's interesting because um, I, I don't know about Disney losing the two like 
that many subscribers and it was mostly in India due to like the, the losing the license to the cricket league. That's kind of wild. Uh, it's it's interesting how much of an impact that had to play, but it makes sense cuz like cricket is one of the more popular sports if not the most popular sport in India. So that that's really interesting to see. Here in Canada, Disney doesn't have any rights to any sporting contracts. So I didn't even know that was really an offering there. I know they well, have like ESPN Plus. Well, maybe it's because ESPN is is Disney there, right? Is Disney Hotstar? Yeah, yeah, fair point. Technically, I, I don't think it's mm. uh, it's like oh, we have star content here, which is content like I guess Fox content and various other things. It's merged into Disney. We don't have Hulu in Canada. And I don't know that in India they do either. I'm pretty sure it's all merged into Disney Plus. I see. So yeah, that's that's really interesting. I thought that was like a like a cool little thing to point out. But yeah, I don't know. I'm honestly curious as to how Disney had a lift here in Canada and the U.S. Because I can't. Was there any like big popular showing in uh, or like show or? or movie that released on Disney plus this past little bit, like this past quarter. I can't really think about it. Um, there was a Marvel show, right? What am I, what am I forgetting? Wasn't she Hulk in the summer? Wasn't that the last one? She Hulk wasn't in the summer, Yeah, but you might be right. It might've been the previous fall quarter. Was Mm -hmm. she Hulk in the fall? Um, I have no idea, man. I I thought it was in the summer, but Andor as well. Oh yeah. I still need to watch Andor. I know you Which said that. Which is apparently it's... amazing. I really need to watch that. Oh, did you not watch it? No. And then uh, I thought, uh, maybe I'm thinking of someone else. But yeah, someone told me that like, that shows 10 out of 10. I should get around to it. Maybe I will eventually. I, I think I might have said it. Oh. To, everyone who's watched it has told me it's been really amazing. Yeah. And it's rated incredibly highly. And people think it's like Star Wars for adults is what some people have uh, quoted as being. We're an so, adult. Yeah. Like both of us put together. And we like Star Wars. So yeah. You're right. It was She-Hulk was running until, oh no, it ran through October. Oh, okay. Interesting. I felt like it was further away. End of the summer into the fall. Yeah, I I, I thought that was uh, generally interesting. I am saddened to hear about, you know, them having to restructure, laying off 7,000 employees. Layoffs are everywhere, man. It's it's very sad to see. Like layoffs are happening at every business, the tech companies, retail companies. I know like Bed Bath & Beyond actually just announced they're closing all of their Canadian stores. So that's going to be a lot of retail workers out of a job. It's it's unfortunate. I I, I don't envy anyone losing their jobs. And, you know, um, I'm sure some of these people will get severance packages, hopefully. But, you know, I'm sure many of these people will be out on the, you know, just out and with, with no sort of recourse to get extra money. So it, it, it's, it's a sad thing to see in general. Um, so my heart goes out to people that have been laid off. <laughs> yeah, like to talk to that actually, just to say like, that's kind of what I was talking about. Corporations be corporations. Yeah. Shareholders matter the most, it seems like. I mean, it doesn't seem, it, it is. That's the truth. And so when they don't have a crazy quarter, people get laid off. I mean, there's a recession obviously, but or and, and, yeah. you know, I mean, impending recession. And they're, they're all buckling down. But not every company did that. Apple didn't cut anyone. Yeah, so that's true. Like, wh- wh- why are they more responsible? I don't really understand. Seven thousand people is a lot. Three point two percent of their global workforce. That's that's a big number, man. Yeah, that's more than uh, the the population that disappears from the earth in the leftovers. Yeah, it's 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 true. But I mean, that's yeah. The, the percentage is is more, but definitely more people. Yeah, the amount of people is less. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. What I would say about this, though. 
it, it's a very puzzling situation because in that Variety article, they mentioned that they that Disney had mentioned in the in the in the earnings report because of these cuts we're making, we're now going to support uh, dividends by the end of the year. We're going to now give dividends to shareholders by the end of the year. That mm-hmm. to me seems so out of touch because you just let seven thousand people go, and now you're going to give yeah. these rich people more money. I, I just. I it made me a little bit sick a little bit like it was a little icky taste in my mouth when I read that I was like yeah. there was a paragraph above it says we're letting go of seven thousand people we're cutting down costs we're going to continue to cut costs throughout the rest of the year and then you read oh but we're because of these cost cutting measures it literally says because of the cost cutting measures well, not literally but it's very close to that phrase mm. we're going to be we're going to be repaying out dividends again um, by the end of the year and that, that that's the rich get richer man. I, it's just frustrating, and this is the same thing with the we're talking about AMC and Netflix, and like they're all beholden to their shareholders. They only care about just making a higher number than the last year. It's capitalism, man. Sometimes it just feels like it's a little bit out of control. Just stop. Like these people who are don't have a lot of money potentially, these employees, or now can't support their family. Maybe it, some some of these individuals are going to be in trouble. Yeah, I'm sure. It sucks. It sucks. Anyway. I just wanted to mention that, uh, not to be a downer. No, no, yeah, man, it, it's it's a very unfortunate situation. But uh, it just seemed out of touch. Uh, that was my big, I agree, my big point out. But yeah, like you have to make I cuts. Agree. I get it, but like you're gonna mention dividends like right after. Just mention it next quarter. Like, come on. Yeah, you idiot. No, not yeah. not an idiot. Bob Iger is like like pretty. It's uh, pretty smart man. Yeah, I'd imagine. But anyway, that's why he got his job back, and they fired Chappie, I guess. But um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, though, it's it is interesting with the announcement of the new sequels uh, that Disney's bringing out. Uh, like a third Frozen film, I can see. Uh, uh, a second Zootopia film, I can definitely see. I loved 2016 Zootopia. I thought that was stellar, and I I feel like there are some interesting directions you can take that series. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm most excited for Zootopia out of the three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, me too. Um, but a fifth Pixar's like Toy Story movie. Um, how many times can you put a bow on it? Because Toy Story three had a had a very definitive ending, or so I thought. And then Toy Story four came out, which I really liked. I'll be honest with you. But that again, ha- sorry, my dog's barking in the distance. Uh, but that again had a very definitive ending. It felt like they put a bow on it, and it was done. But now they're coming back for a fifth one. Are like, are you going to keep this ending open again? Like, like Toy Story one and two, or are you going to put a bow on it for a third time and then bring it back in however many years? Yeah, that that's the one that was the most shocking to me. Again, Toy Story four, pleasant surprise. I really liked it. I thought it was funny, and I was on the fence. Like, I was on the side of like, we don't need a Toy Story four because Toy Story three is a perfect ending. And I'll still say like, I think Toy Story three is a better ending than Toy Story four's ending. But Toy Story 4 was still enjoyable. This I just find weird. I'm, I know it's going to do incredibly well, I imagine. But uh, I, that that was the one that threw me off the most. Like, I, I was going to say, like, maybe just do a Toy Story spinoff movie. But Lightyear didn't do necessarily. I think Lightyear was considered technically like a flop, like a like a like a failure on their end. Stupid buzz around that. Very dumb. <laughs> but anyway that was a good pun yeah i don't know if thanks. the pun was intended or not but that was good but, but yeah not again the, the buzz i'm talking about though is the is the buzz that they oh that they chose oh yeah, yeah yeah christopher evans christopher evans was hired on instead of uh tim allen and people just could not accept it yeah and it's like okay 
I don't know. I, I actually liked the twist on it. I, I thought that was cool. I thought it was a good idea. I really idea. liked Lightyear. It was a good idea. It wasn't Tim Allen. Because mm-hmm. Tim Allen's a comedy relief character, and this character is not that. He's a smart, like, like, like basically a, a rocket scientist. So, like, yeah. I don't know why that would be Tim Allen's, like, comic relief. I guess it could have been just Tim Allen playing a, a dramatic role mm-hmm. and playing the straight man. That's fine, I guess. But I, I just don't – I don't know. I like this. I like that movie, too. I enjoyed it. But right. anyway. Yeah. I, I'm curious about uh, – it is funny about Toy Story. I thought Toy Story 3, it should have just ended with Toy Story 3. Even Toy Story 4 is fine. I like it a lot, but it's like, no. <laughs> just no. <laughs> just just no. I'm good. Yeah. No, I'm good without it. It could have been um, the ending with Toy Story 3. It was just too good of an ending to pass up, I feel like. But anyway, I whatever. I get it. You got to make more money. Give us different toys. Just do like a different toy story, you know? Yeah, or stop pretending it's an ending. <laughs> yeah yeah that's what i was gonna say like, oh, like just stop doing that will this yeah like are they gonna put a third bow on it like with toy story 5 i i don't know that's the key uh, with this movie it better not be an ending i know i know you gotta you gotta maybe wrap it up a little bit you gotta wrap it up like a, almost like a bottle bottled not a bottle episode but you're bottling it up a little bit and then it's mm-hmm. it's at least the you know beginning middle and end you're not like oh waiting for the next one like uh like yeah. a marvel cinematic universe movie but i i think that you gotta uh you know Stop saying it's the end. I think that's that's a good idea. Uh, you make you make a good point for sure. Yeah, watch them w- watch them like not w- watch them not put a bow on it this time, and then they just don't come back with a sixth movie. They're like, oh, we're just not going to come back. The one time they don't put an ending, we didn't do it. Didn't do as well as we thought. I, my oh. only worry every time is that how how much more do you have in you? Like, I hope they have enough to 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 write about. Like, if as long as they have a good idea. I'm good with them coming back with any number of movies. Just like Star Wars. People are like, oh, I got Star Wars fatigue or superhero fatigue. I don't. As long as the movie's good. As long as it's not like Black Adam, you know? Yeah. Black Adam. It can be about Black Adam for sure. But that particular movie was pretty, it had a pretty poor plot. I think there were some <sighs> good highlights in that movie, but like its plot line was mediocre. And that's its issue. It's like, yeah, that was, yeah. You got to make a good movie. You can't just be a showy film. Anyways, Adrian, uh, let's move on to the montage, a sequence of our show in which I briefly present seven of the week's other news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one, according to publication Variety, 22 Jump Street screenwriter Oren Uziel is show running a live action Spider-Man noir series based upon the 1930s Spider-Man noir character recently featured in the Oscar winning animated film Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. The new series will be hosted on streaming service Amazon Prime Video and will also be produced by Into the Spider-Verse writers Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. This is super interesting. It kind of caught me off guard. I'm, I'm super curious about this. I hope they bring back uh, Nicolas Cage to play Spider-Man noir. But I'm very confused as like who owns the TV show rights to Spider-Man versus who owns like the the movie rights. Like I thought it was like kind of separated. Like Disney owns like the TV show publishing, but I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But yeah, I don't know. I thought this was an interesting tale. Sony owns it. The the TV rights because Disney Plus is releasing that Spider-Man years like sophomore year like animated show yeah i'm pretty sure they work with sony on it we, we can look look at it after mm, okay. number two as reported by website collider the hugh laurie starring hbo comedy series avenue five has been canceled after its second season wah, wah, wah. that's too bad i really like this show i thought it was really funny number three as the hollywood reporter notes paramount plus with showtime is developing up to four different billion spin-off tv series and a dexter spin-off series oh i never watched any of the billion stuff but i'm curious about the dexter spin-off stuff like 
like what you can do with that. Number four, as Variety reports, Spartacus TV series creator Stephen S. DeKnight is developing a Spartacus sequel TV series for cable network stars. Hell yeah, Spartacus rules, dude. Spartacus is phenomenal. A genuinely great show. I'm very excited that Stephen S. DeKnight is coming back as showrunner, or at least developing a sequel series because that was his baby. I'm very excited about this. This was, this was one of my favorite announcements of the week. Number five, as Variety reports, American Hustle director David O. Russell's next movie will be called Super Toys and will star Nope actor Kiki Palmer and the trial of the Chicago 7 actor Sasha Baron Cohen as 1970s traveling toy sales representatives. Oh, okay. Um, interesting. I didn't watch America. Uh, sorry, uh, his last movie that just came out. Amsterdam. Amsterdam. That was like a little bit of a flop, I think. Yeah. Yeah, not reviewed very well. Number six, according to The Hollywood Reporter, I, Tanya director Craig Gillespie is set to direct a romantic comedy film written by pop star Never Stops Never Stopping writer and star Andy Samberg. The movie is called 42.6 Years and will star Samberg as a man cryogenically frozen only to awake 42.6 years later to find that the only person he knows in the future is his ex-girlfriend, played by Watchmen actor Gene Smart. This seems like a really cool premise. Uh, I'm very curious about this. It, it looks like it's going to be really funny. And pop star Never Stop Never Stopping is absolutely hilarious. Number seven. During the Super Bowl this past Sunday night, Hollywood returned to their past tradition of buying massive Super Bowl movie trailer ad spots after a few years of cautious spending due to the COVID-19 pandemic. New trailers for The Flash, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Fast 10, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, 65, Cocaine Bear, Transformers Rise of the Beasts, Air, Creed 3, Strays, and Scream 6 were all featured during the big game. Oh, a lot of trailers, a lot to chit-chat about. And that concludes the montage. Um, so real quick, Simon, uh, just to jump back into the Sony Spider-Man TV show thing. Yeah, so Sony owns the TV show rights, like the film rights to Spider-Man, and then Marvel just owns the merchandising rights. So I think you're correct in your statement prior to this. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. But uh, anyways, on the topic of trailers, uh, I didn't watch all these trailers. I watched a few of them. Um, in particular, I watched the Flash trailer, the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer, oh. and Ooh. actually, I guess just a couple of them. I, w I wanted to watch the Scream 6 trailer, but it's so close. I'd rather just kind of go in. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm very excited about Scream 6. So I'm just going to go right. in without watching that trailer unless it plays at the movie theater before something. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, I assume you watched at least the Flash and the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. I did. We're really good trailers. Yeah. The Flash trailer. Mm -hmm. Oh man, I'm so excited for the Flash with like Michael Keaton's Me Batman. Too. Oh, oh, what a! I didn't think we we're gonna see that much of Michael Keaton's Batman in that trailer. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of surprised. Yeah, it looks like he's gonna be playing like a big part. And uh, yeah, I don't know. There was a couple like really neat reveals. Like I didn't realize like Zod was gonna be back in it with uh, you know Michael Shannon. Yeah, did we know that? I don't remember knowing that. Like, if if we knew about this, I forgot about it entirely. Yeah. So that was like a really cool surprise. Um, you know, obviously Batfleck is in it. Um, you know, whoever uh, I forget the uh, the woman's name that's playing Supergirl, but she seems to be playing like a really dark and badass version of of, of this character. Um, I. I I'm into this. Like, I think this trailer is really awesome. And they even talk about like in the trailer, how like, Oh, like I'm going to destroy the world and I'm going to, 
you know, mess up the timeline and stuff. So I think they're really just planting the seeds like, hey, this is the this is the soft reboot of the DCU that, you know, you claimed would never happen. And then I, oh then I was <laughs> I did not <laughs> that I said that it was going to happen. Um, but yeah, like I think I think that's a really great trailer. I, like it, it's it's unfortunate that Ezra Miller is going through, you know, like they're a, pro- a problematic individual. Um, hopefully they get their shit together and maybe they can continue playing the flash in the future. But yeah, this movie looks stellar. I know James Gunn actually, I think posted about it on Twitter saying that like this movie is so great and that he can't wait for it. So I'm, I'm, I'm cool. I'm, I'm cool and excited for this. Yeah, me too. I'm very excited. Yeah. I'm also excited for air the, like the Ben Affleck movie, like he's directing it and he's in it with like Jason Bateman and Matt Damon. That looks great. Yeah. I'm very excited for that too. That looks yeah. really good. That's about the like the Nike Air shoes and the the contract they got with Michael Jordan. That looks great. I'm I'm very excited. Like there's a lot of good movies coming out this year. And Guardians of the Galaxy three looks like it's going to be a bit of a crier. See, that's mm-hmm. again Marvel Cinematic Universe movie that is is not just you know just for the visuals. Like it's going to likely be something that I'm going to cry in. I, I feel like that's going to happen. I, I, I could be wrong, but it's the last of that tr- like trilogy, the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy from James Gunn, and I think he's going to go out with a bang. Like it sounds like it's going to be great. Even like the trailers are very like emotionally charged. Mm-hmm. So yeah, not just the theme park film. No, it's not. No, it's not. Yeah, cool. I'm excited. I'm excited, Adrian. What do you have for me? What do you got for me, buddy? Well, I got new theatrical releases with no special streaming mentions for you. Oh, oh okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't really find anything on streaming that I wanted to point out. But uh, yeah, anyway, this is for the week of February 15th to February 21st. That's a Wednesday to a Tuesday. And the first movie that's coming out is coming out actually on Wednesday, February 15th. So the day that this uh, podcast comes out. And that is Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. And this is that uh, Winnie the Pooh horror slasher flick where Pooh and Piglet go feral. Um, after being abandoned by Christopher Robin for just a little bit too long. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm I'm actually excited for this. This looks so dumb and stupid and fun. And uh, I, I really want to watch this. I might go watch it this week. Who knows? Okay, enjoy. You don't want to watch it? Uh, I mean, yeah, if you invite me, I might if I'm free, I might uh, I might hop on by I might hop okay. to the theater. Maybe I'll invite you by proxy. Hop, hop, hop like Tigger. <laughs> what? We'll, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Just let me know. Sounds good. Uh, I, well, I won't let you know. I'll let someone know to let you know. Yeah, I know. Because we don't talk outside this podcast. Of course. Yeah, never have, never will. Uh, the next movie that's coming out is a movie called Marlowe. This is a 1930s crime thriller starring Liam Neeson, who's playing a man who's looking for his ex-lover. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Briefly, you know what show is apparently really good, and I really wish we could watch it, but I'm pretty certain we do, can't really just get it on a streaming service in Canada? What? Poker Face. Yeah, that's on, uh, is it Paramount Plus? It's on Peacock. Oh. Like, I, yeah, we, I we didn't Peacock, see yeah. another way to do it other than just to buy the episodes. So, because we don't have Peacock in Canada. Yeah, that's the Ryan Johnson. Yeah, Ryan Johnson created the series and is, Natasha Leone is starring in it from, uh, oh, boy. Orange is the New Black. Is she, oh, is she from that? Yeah. Oh, cool. I was thinking the the Netflix show where, she, like, there's like a, it's like a death loop. Yeah, Orange is the New Black, dude. Yeah, that's also a Netflix show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, you know what I'm talking about though—the one where there's like a de- a dash a death loop. Like, I I, th- I think she dies and comes back to life, or she goes to sleep and comes back. Uh, Russian Doll, right? I think that's the name of the show. Russian Doll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's in that, and uh, yeah. that's another show my brother really loves actually as well. 
But back to Poker Face. I, I think that that show, though, based on the reviews, I think, is it like 100% of Rotten Tomatoes? It's some really high score on Rotten Tomatoes, and like it's pretty buzzy. It's just we can't get it. Why mm-hmm. Peacock, Ryan Johnson? Like Netflix is hosting Knives Out. Come on, Ryan. Yeah. Come on, bro. Ryan Johnson, stop. It's interesting. So I'm on the Apple TV app, like, because it, it gives you the option to like open in, right? Like when you look yeah, at yeah, a show. Yeah. It says right. Prime Video, which you have to buy it through. And then it says Telus TV Plus app. Yeah, man. Is that actually where it is? Is it on Telus TV Plus? What the fuck is Telus TV Plus? So Telus in Canada, if anyone in the audience doesn't know, is a telecom company. They they specifically specialize in this region, in our region here. They specialize in uh, in cell phone plans, but in the in the West Coast, they actually do internet and cable. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that's why that exists. It's like a you know Bell Bell Five TV, right? Yeah, I guess so. I'm assuming it, it's an assumption. I don't know for sure, but that's what um, I would guess that they have an app for. If you subscribe to their bundle, you get you know free TV over like live TV. Yeah, watch live TV, manage recordings, and stream on demand movies and series whenever and wherever you want. Yeah from the TELUS website, apparently. Ugh. I mean, cable still exists, Adrian, apparently. Jesus, age Christ, man. Still going strong. Linear TV. Ugh. Very popular. Anyways. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, uh, yeah, it sucks that we can't get that. That's the only two options, eh? Otherwise, you have to buy the episodes or? It seems that way, yeah. Oh, yeah, it sucks. Right, we'll wait. I'm sure it'll arrive sometime on... Something. On some streaming service. Also, it's week to week, so... Right up my alley. <laughs> it's not exactly my cup of tea, but... It worries me, though, because the Twisted Metal TV series is going to be on Peacock. Does that mean that we can't oh, watch no. PlayStation, PlayStation Studios' Twisted Metal TV series, Simon? Is, <laughs> I can't tell if you're you're saying that as a joke or you're actually interested in it. Do you want to watch that series? I'm curious. I'm not excited about it at all. Okay. But I'm curious. I used to play Twisted Metal on like the PS1 back in the day. Yeah, me too. Like I, I didn't have a PS One, but I had a friend who did. Mm-hmm. Like my next door neighbor, and I would go over there and we would play Twisted Metal. But anyway, yeah, I didn't play it that much. But I'm curious about it because the actors are cool in it. Like you got Will Arnett and Anthony Mackie. Yeah, based on how good The Last of Us is, I mean, theoretically anything could be good from from PlayStation Studios. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. And I, I know, like, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I didn't really like the Uncharted movie all that much, but it seems like it did well, and like a lot of people liked it. So yeah, it's pretty average. Yeah. I guess we'll see with Gran Turismo this August, like how, like if they're they're gonna do well with that that movie. That movie is cool because it's such a weird idea. Like it, it seems like a plot that's pretty. Yeah, because it's based on a true story. Yeah, it seems like a plot that's pretty interesting. So, mm-hmm. what if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but it's about a kid who plays Gran Turismo growing up and then he becomes a professional race car driver. That is what I believe the story is, and yeah, it's directed by Neil Blomkamp. It's uh, I think David Harbour is the star. Yeah, it's cool. Wait, no, David Harbour's not playing the. The race car driver. Uh, I think he's supporting cast, isn't he? Uh, maybe. Maybe you're right about that. I don't know. I could be wrong. I don't that know. That seems right. I, you might be right. I just figured David Harbour, like David, David Harbour was a kid, played Gran Turismo, and then he grew up like 40 years later. He's like, you know what? I've been playing this game for 40 years. I'm going to become a race car driver. I don't think so. Uh-huh. I don't know. Orlando Bloom is also in that movie. Maybe it's Orlando Bloom. Although they're almost the same age, aren't they? No, it's Archie Madaqui. Archie Madaqui. He's playing the main character? I think so, yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. The Orlando Bloom and David Harbour Harbour are, are both too old, I think, to play that character. Whoa. Ageism. Jeez. Well, it's the I'm, just, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Yeah. Dictated in the plot. Here. Come on. 
<laughs> Anyways, uh, there's two more movies coming out this week. Uh, they're both coming out on Friday, February 17th. The first one is a movie called Of an Age, and it's about a 17-year-old Serbian-born Australian ballroom dancer who experiences a 24-hour intense romance romance romantic relationship with his friend's older brother yeah. in the summer of 1999 yes it's a doozy wow it's a doozy yeah that's an interesting one because i i believe it's a serbian director also doing it which is interesting mm-hmm. um and and you'd like to support your people well i mean like i'm not really serbian like i'm i'm mostly hungarian like I, it's just my family is from like serb like former yugoslavia and stuff yeah yeah i'm just joking but technically the region where anyways but yeah, it's by a director named Goran Stolevsky. But I think like it's when you click on him, it says that he is a Macedonian Australia film director. Director, so maybe he was born in like former Yugoslavia and then moved to Australia. So we'll see. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, interesting. And then the last movie that's coming out is Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. Woohoo! So we all know what that is. That's the uh, next MCU movie. It's the movie to kick off uh, kick off um, phase five of the MCU. I'm curious about this. I didn't watch the most recent trailer because apparently it's super spoilery, so I avoided it. Um, I'm excited about this. I- I'm all in. I'm going to watch this. This phase is hype. I will say that. I think that this is going to be this is going to kick it off really, really well. That's my prediction here, mm-hmm. and it's going to get start really ramping up because they're introducing Kang played by Jonathan Majors. Yeah. And honestly, that guy's blown up. I don't know. Marvel's foresight sometimes in terms of like picking up actors who are just like, blow, like becoming popular or whatever is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that they hired Robert Downey Jr. You know, after like, it was like almost right after he was like having a little bit of trouble with the law and all that. And he like, yeah, He's now like one of the biggest stars in the world. Well, same with Chris Hemsworth and uh, Tom Hiddleston. Like they were like nobodies. Even Evans in in some way. I mean, Evans yeah. big probably, I don't know, I could be wrong about this, but I feel like one of his biggest roles was like as the Human Torch. Yeah, and fa- the older Fantastic Four movies. As well as uh, Not Another Teen Movie. What's that? It's a movie that he was in. Is that one of his biggest roles? I think it's like a, it's like one of those cult movies, like early two thousands cult movies. Oh, okay, not another team movie. I meant more like in in scope in the amount of money behind the movie. Like you, it wasn't like a blockbuster star necessarily. I know what you mean. Yeah, it's crazy, and I'm like I think that this movie is going to really kick it off well. Introduce Jonathan Major's character, and then it's going to start feeling like there's something happening inside the actual overall arching storyline. Because right now, I don't know at all. It's just like a bunch of characters that exist in the MCU and they don't feel like they are very cohesive, even though they keep introducing characters over and over again, every movie, it's like, okay, relax. I don't know who freaking Charlize Theron's character is supposed to be like, like relax. You got to do, you got to pace it so that we have better, the cameos happen, but there's no overarching plot line of a, of a, you know, exist existential threat on the horizon from my perspective. Like, Mm-hmm. It's just all things that get wrapped up very quickly, which is good because the movies themselves can be good on their own. But then yeah. they sometimes aren't the best. Like people don't love Eternals. Um, Multiverse of Madness, I think, is like a yeah is is very entertaining, but the plot line is not. It's a mess. I don't. I, I, I don't think very good because the characters are. Yeah. So yeah. Like again, I I I I actually quite liked Eternals. Funnily enough, I thought it was like a nice, unique, like different film. But yeah, like. Uh, the more I think about Doctor Strange of the Multiverse of Madness, the more I soured on it. Thor, the fourth Thor with gore, I didn't like at all. 
But again, these next three movies that are coming out all seem fairly promising. Like I'm, I'm excited for Ant-Man. I'm excited for Guardians. And then I'm also excited for the Marvels, which comes out this summer too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good year. Good year for Marvel Cinematic Universe movies for sure. Man. Okay. Adrian, that ends the uh, regular scheduled programming for our podcast. Do you have any other mentions you want to make to the audience? Maybe you want to say something to me before we wrap this up, you know, because we don't talk outside this podcast. Sure, we don't. That's it. That's all, baby. That's it. That's all with the new theatrical releases. But um, again, uh, what we've mentioned it previously in the episode, if you want um, some quick short form reviews, you can check us out on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok, all at j-a-r jar underscore split focus and that's where we'll post you know brief really just quick you know under a minute reviews of the most recent movies we watched um and then obviously dive a little bit deeper into um it on the podcast itself but that's really it man i i appreciate your time today simon i I love spending this time with you it's nice starting my day off right because it's earlier in the day to chat Indeed. Yeah, it was a fun conversation. Hopefully we weren't too hard on Avatar there. My, again, my score is a three out of five. Yeah. Mine's a two out of five. You know, I do I do think it's it's competent. I'm just disappointed, you know? I'm disappointed by this Oscar nominated best picture movie, you know? Yeah, it's that's ridiculous. But anyways. Alrighty. Thank you for listening to the one hundred and fifth episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and this is Adrian Pinter signing off. It is I, Adrian Pinter, and real quick, I just want to mention that Batman v Superman and Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City Town Village. Uh both better movies than both Avatar movies. Both Avatar and Avatar Way of the Water the Way of Water. Not good. They even say way of that's the way of water like twice or three times in the movie. And then I pointed at the screen like, hey, I'm like Leonardo DiCaprio in that one meme from the from the from the movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Anyways, that's it. That's all, baby. Take care. Goodbye. Goodbye.